Hey Seacast, I am your host, Christy Swadley, and welcome to Yo Let's Co. We'll be talking about everything to do with health, fitness, well-being, and the power of your thoughts and the mind. So listen up, tune in, and let's grow together. Hello Seacast. In this episode, I'll be interviewing someone who I'm so obsessed with, drag queen, social media star, All Right Hate. We'll be getting into the nitty-gritty of social media, sharing some insights of what life is actually like as a full-time YouTuber, and also our hacks in how to start a successful online biz. All right, hey, how are we? Hello, I'm good. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. So you you prefer people to call you All Right Hey, right? Yeah, absolutely. My name's Matt, but uh, for all my branding online, I'm All Right Hey and love being called All Right Hey. I called you Matthew. Do you only get called Matthew when you're in trouble? Um... I don't even get called Matthew anymore because I'm never in trouble. But yes, oh, you're in... as a child, definitely Matthew was the go-to if I was being naughty. But no one really calls me that these Mine's days anyway. Christy Lee. My mum would be like, Christy Lee, what are you <laughs> doing? So if anyone ever calls me Christy Lee, I get severe anxiety from it because it takes, takes me back. Really? <laughs> no, I'm fine with it. You can call me whatever you like. All right, Muddy Boy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell our viewers, our C-casters. Uh, well, hello, I'm Alright Hey, for those of you who don't know me, and I'm a content creator, drag queen, DJ. Drag queen, I love it. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about your drag queen experience. Um, so I started drag just over a year ago now, probably a year and a couple of months, and for me, I was in a really big slump with like creating online, YouTube, Instagram, yeah. Facebook, just was in a place where I didn't want to make videos and stuff anymore, and it got to the point where I just completely almost stopped pretty much and I found drag. I was going to drag, going to drag nights out on Oxford Street here in Sydney. Like watching them? Yeah, like watching drag queens perform and thought, oh my God, you know, I knew my way around a brush so I could do a little bit of makeup and so I learnt my way through drag makeup. At the start, it was terrible, honey. Like my drag makeup at the start (laughs) was hideous. But, uh, But I eventually, you know worked my way around it and got on stage and the feeling of being on stage was so good and it really like made my creative juices flow again mm-hmm. and it was a way for me to get on stage, perform, put on a show and then I would have so much adrenaline, I would be like, oh my gosh, like I'm in the mood to create again, you know, because it's, it's an artistic art form. I feel you know? like it is so important for people to kind of like find their outlet and a hobby yeah. outside of their career. Yeah. So content creation for you, that is your career. Yeah, and so that's first and foremost is what I do is content creation online. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as I said, I do drag, DJ, I'm a bit of a comedian, yeah. I'm an LGBTQIA+. Yeah. That's What's a, your favourite platform a, to use? Probably Instagram. Instagram, yeah. 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 Um, but I'm an advocate for the queer community and mental health and all of that. So I really make sure that I put my best foot forward with anything that I do. Primarily, all I make is funny little videos, but I also try to make a Your little bit of a difference. Hilarious. Thank you. I also want to make like a little bit of a difference in people's lives and use my videos to give you a bit of a laugh, but then as well get across a really yeah. good message Yeah, as well. so like so. producing value, but also entertainment at the same time. Yeah. Like I feel like that is like... That is the key when it comes to creating content and um, producing on social media. It's about giving people value but also entertainment. If you can provide them two things, that is how you excel, I guess. Absolutely. And I don't know if your listeners know this, but you and I actually have a bit of history, don't we? 
We were friends before social media. Oh, yeah. We grew up in the, in the same town. Yeah, we were both from the sunny coast. Yes. God love us. I thought you meant like we had a bit of history as in we had a fight. And I go, what? We did? Oh, no. <gasps> so take us way back. No, Story I meant time. history like we dated. Oh, we dated. God no. love us. So what did you do before social media? Uh, before social media, I had a range of jobs. I was... That was like me. Yeah, I... My first job was... I was stuck with, like, fast food or retail. Mm, so you said me in Mathis at Mathis. Yes. <laughs> me and my mum. I know. So I was at McDonald's. I remember messaging you once. This is before we connected online, but we yeah. knew each other. Because we knew each other from school and we were going to the same parties yeah. and stuff. I was friends with your sister. Yeah, yeah. but then we... Um, we sort of just disconnected just because life yeah. and, you know, we both started our social media, but we never really connected. And then I remember you coming through drive through at McDonald's and because that was my last job before I went full-time social media, but there was a big part of my life there that I was doing social media and working at McDonald's. Was it full-time? Social media... Like, I was working both full-time. Yeah, doing both. yeah, it was, like, Macca's full-time. Yeah. So that would have been hectic. Oh, I, well, jobs. I was full-time, but I dropped down to part-time when, you know, social media started giving me a pretty stable income, yeah. income. income. But I thought to myself, I never really wanted to take the plunge because of, just for security reasons, I didn't want to throw in my job and then go, okay, I'm going to do social media and really give it my all because I was like, what happens in two months if, you know, Instagram's deleted or Instagram, mm. fat, like, everyone gets I over it, you know. I find so many people have that fear yeah. when they are quitting their, you know, normal day-to-day job to go online. Yeah. There is, there's so much fear there. So how long did it take you till you did, you know, finally either quit or you put all your energy into social media. Oh, such a long time. I can't really think of a ballpark, but it's just funny to think back on because there are times where I literally would finish like a, a shift at McDonald's and then hop in the car, drive down to Sydney and then walk the carpet at a movie premiere and yeah. get treated like a celebrity. Well, you know, so walk the ca- carpet yeah. at the, uh, the ARIA awards yeah. and get photographed and in all the newspapers and everything. I love that. And then I'd have to go back to the coast and wake up the next morning at 6am and go and make people coffees in the yeah. cafe, you know? So there was like a very big chunk of my life where I was balancing both of them. And now I'm very blessed to just say that I could just call, you know, content creation my full-time job. But there was that big chunk of my life where I was juggling both and it was really, really stressful. Um, But also I just didn't want to take the plunge. The first reason as well is that I really struggled because there was a period where I took some annual leave and just focused on social media. So it was a time where I went, you know what, let's just take some time off work. I'll take uh, four weeks off and I just won't do anything but social media Mm. and see how it goes. And it was all good, it was fun, it was great, but what I found was I got super depressed and upset because I was just at home doing nothing all day, every day, and I had that routine of getting up, going to work, you know, finishing my shift, going to the gym. And you found when you started, like, you didn't have that routine? Yeah, absolutely. So when I took that leave, I ended up going back to McDonald's and saying, you know, online stop for me. Because my whole plan was originally is that I would have the four weeks annual leave and then I would be like, cool, social media is amazing. It's working out for me. I'm going to throw in the towel at McDonald's and do it full time. But uh, no, I stuck around for probably another year and a half after that because I didn't, I didn't feel good about leaving. Um, So I, yeah, I I stuck there for quite a while. It was very funny because a lot of people would come into McDonald's and be like, I remember messaging you. Yeah, I remember messaging you one time because you put up a story on your Instagram and you were like, 
getting a frozen Coke at McDonald's and you could see me in the background. I remember messaging you and going, hey, can you please delete this? And this is before we connected. Oh, and you were like, you were like, yeah, sure you can it too. I know. Background. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, how embarrassing. Because I kept that a secret my entire social media career. Two reasons. Yeah. One was because I didn't, just didn't want people knowing that I worked there for security reasons, yeah. didn't want people coming in and finding me. If you, if you came in and you saw me, I didn't really mind. But um, I think that the second reason was that it's just like so... Well, you want, when you when you have your own career, you kind of want people to feel like that you're killing it, you're hustling, you're making a crap load of money. Like when I first started online, I was having financial struggles. You know, it's hard to, to quit your full-time job and to make, you know, a good living, especially when you live at home. And I was having financial struggles and I find I was always quite embarrassed to show that side on social media because you want to make it out that, you know, this is your full-time job and you are making money. Yeah. And it can be it can be embarrassing to share yeah. it with the, with the world, basically. So I guess that for me it became that social media was my full-time job, but I had a part-time job as well, like, and that was, you know, working at mm. McDonald's because mm. in reality social media has, although I haven't been doing it, you know, physically full-time because yeah. I've had another job, it has absolutely been my full-time job for many, many years, like yeah. three, probably three years all up now, um, even though I only left my full-time job in early 2019. Yeah. So. But it's been your full-time career for the past two years. Like, you have been yeah. solely putting all this energy and effort into it. Yeah. So when was kind of, like, some signals – that you got when you were kind of like, okay, maybe I can quit now. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe this can be my full-time career. What were the signals? Like what can people kind of look out for who are in similar situations for you? What's the safe zone? I think if you know that you have stable income coming from multiple platforms, yeah. that's definitely one because for me a lot of people think, you know, oh, YouTubers, for example, because that's where I started was on YouTube, but people think, or, you know, YouTube AdSense money. In reality, AdSense money for me for the majority of my career has been the lowest paying oh, income from everything. You do not make good money from the platforms. No, it's not the platforms no. that make you the good money. It's the sponsorships. Yeah. It's having your own website. Um, it's YouTube and Instagram don't actually give us money. YouTube, yes, through AdSense and the ads and watch time. But... It's not, that's not where, you know, these big YouTubers are making their money from. Yeah, but even though the big YouTubers are making their money from it, now with, like, monetization uh, restrictions and the whole ad section, a lot of my videos were demonetized anyway. And, you know, you've got people out there, like, Trisha Paytas spoke about this on her story the other day. She was saying, like, she's got um, millions of subscribers and gets hundreds of thousands of views but makes almost less than a thousand dollars a month off YouTube mm. because all her ad, all her videos are not suitable for ads. So I think that some of the signs that you need to look out for are definitely like making sure you have stable incomes coming from different areas of your social media. Um, and for at least a couple months, like yeah. I went, when I did the whole annual leave thing, I had three months of, that was many. of money. Can you smell that? No. Sorry guys, my dog farted and I just need to say it just so you didn't think it was me. No, I can't it's smell it yet. Oh, really? oh my goodness. Oh no, I can't smell it yet. But... Mini Musa, what are you doing, doll? Oh God. Oh. No, I can't smell that yet, but when I do, I'm sure you'll know about it. Carry on. But uh, yeah, a, a few months. So I had had two months worth of income that I was like, okay, 
this is stable, I don't yeah. need my job, let's do the annual leave thing, and test it out. I would not... I like how you did that. You yeah. did that annual leave, you applied that, and you kind of like, cool, let's see how this feels yeah. without actually, you know... Yeah, and also with all the calculation I was doing, I was taking away the money that I was making in my normal job at Macca's. I wasn't counting that in anything, so I was just solely basing my earnings off what I was making from social media. And I went, yeah, I can live like this. I can do this. Like, this will be fine. And then, as I said, I tested it out and I didn't like it. So I think it's so all about... So do you about... feel like financially you could have done at that point, but you actually just didn't like the whole idea of not having a set schedule? Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. financially I absolutely could have quit my job a lot sooner. It was more the mental aspect for mm. me. I actually, I know this sounds ridiculous, but I loved going to work. I loved, one, having the routine. I loved, two, seeing people, interacting with people. It's a customer service-based role at McDonald's. You're always talking to new people. You've got co-workers there who are working with you. Like You're connecting with people as well. You're socialising. Yeah. And I still miss that now. Like, yeah, I still yeah. go, I some, some days when I, you know, say I don't have anything booked in for three days in a row... By that second or third day, I'm like, oh god! Like times like this, I miss having yeah. a job to go to and just be like, hey, yeah, what's going on? You know, people kind of thing. Yeah. You can get very, very lonely work walking, walking, working from home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> working from home. That's for sure. But um, it isn't for everyone. But like you said, you also have your days. You definitely also have your days. Like for me, I actually filmed a um, video yesterday, a vlog for you guys. So it's a day in the life of my working life. So a day in the life of a full time YouTuber. And something I spoke about within this video, I was just um, talking about the importance of having a set routine. So for me, um, I'll get up and I make sure I don't get straight on my computer straight away because then I actually, I'm not as productive throughout the day. It's kind of like my work is scattered throughout the day. I focus on my well-being and my health first. So I'll either go to the gym, I'll make a breakfast, I'll go meditate and I don't actually sit down and I don't like get on my phone and sit down and do emails until roughly 9.30, 10. And um, that just personally is what works for me. And then throughout my day, I kind of have like a set schedule. Like I'll actually take a lunch break. I won't eat my lunch at my desk unless I'm like extremely busy. But I'll take a lunch break. I'll go for walks in the afternoon. And then I make sure that I do have like a clock off time around 5 p.m. So I talk about the importance of when you do work from home and when you're trying to, you know, start your online biz, you need to have like a set schedule. You need to have a calendar. You need to plan yourself because – you're used to, in a normal nine-to-five job, used to having that already planned out for you. And it can be such a um, like an extreme transition if you're not used to planning and scheduling. So something that I definitely do recommend is create a comfort with your calendar and create a comfort with scheduling in your days. So if you're still currently at uni and you're still currently at your full-time job, before you quit, before you make that huge transition to going online, Maybe first create a comfortability with creating routine every single day, like a calendar and everything. So how long for you was it until you started to actually make a little bit of money through social media? From the beginning? Yeah. So I actually saw money pretty quickly, probably two months in was when I got my first like paycheck from YouTube. Was it just like, oh, YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I only made money on YouTube to begin with for probably the first year and a bit, probably first year and a I don't know, year and six months. Yeah. Um, it was just based on YouTube. Then I started doing some brand sponsorships and things like that. And then experience sponsorships as well. And, you know, getting paid to go to certain events or premieres or Did things these, like that. 
Did these sponsorships, did they reach out to you or did you reach out to them? Uh, to begin with, they reached out to me. Mm -hmm. So there are different ways to sort of go about it. Um, but for the most part, the sponsorships come to me. I rarely reach out to brands um, unless I have a very specific concept. Yes. So I'll never reach out to a brand and say, hey, I love your drink bottle. Can I do a sponsored post and you pay me? That's not how it works for me. For me, I would go, hey, I have this content concept that I want to use your product in. Exactly. Do you want to collaborate on this? Yeah. Because I'm going to make a good piece of content for you, You're not just like hold your drink bottle in yeah. a photo. It's like, about telling know. them the value you can bring them. Yeah, absolutely. So I've done that a couple of times, but I don't like doing that either. Yeah. Um, I would never just message a brand and like ask for a free dinner like you see influencers doing. Yeah. Um, I would never just ask for something for free just because... I have some followers. Yeah. Like, if a brand it's wants to, it's kind of like to, you're you're asking for something so you can create a video from that yeah, and help yeah. each other out. So it was only a couple of months before I saw a little bit of income, but then it sort of boosted. Probably two and a half years into it, that's yeah. when I was like, okay, here we go. Like, mm. we've got enough of an income coming in to uh, do a lot of things. My problem as well at the start of earning so much money was that. I was blowing it on things because I still had a job and I was like, well, the job will, you know, Cover. pay my bills yeah. and stuff and that's my security anyway. So all this extra money, let's, you know, buy new clothes, let's go on holidays, let's go to America, let's go to Bali, let's go do this, that, and Yeah, everything. story of my life you know, when I first started online. Yeah, yeah, so, and it wasn't until a bit later that I went, oh my God, I've got to calm down and if we want this to last, I've got to work now and yeah. keep working. Make the habits and, now Yeah, so be able to save and make the good habits with money and your career because, you know, you, especially when you're working online, you never really know what your financial situation is going to be like. No. You know, one month you could earn a killing and the next month you are living off two-minute noodles and that is something that you have to be okay about when you are starting online because – it's not like a set annual, like every single month. Yeah. It, you know, it differs from the brands that you're working with, how well your own website is doing, et cetera, et cetera. And when a lot of people are going online, they their main focus is followers. When really, if you want to be successful online, whether it is through social media or you're wanting a website or just an online biz, followers shouldn't be your main focus. Personally, I feel as though your main focus should be the value that you're going to bring to people. Mm -hmm. So why are people going to go to your Instagram or your website or your blog? Think about that. What can you provide that is different? So when you are, you know, in the middle of planning um, to start your online business, you need to be writing down your whys, your goals, and kind of like the fundamentals of what is going to make you different. So this isn't anything to do with followers at the start. This isn't anything to do with any numbers whatsoever. It's really to do with what value you can provide and how to be different. So how do you find motivation for your content? Um, I think there are two re – I mean, the main reason is I've got to pay my bills, honey. I've uh -huh. got rent to pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. I'm going to be dead honest, my yeah. motivation comes from 
this is my job, so yeah. I need to do work, yeah, like, exactly. first and foremost. But luckily, it's easy because I love what I do. Yeah. I make content that I want to make. If a brand wants me to make a piece of content that I don't want to make, I say, hey, I want to change it to this. Or if they still don't like it, then I'm like, then I'm not working with you. Yeah. Good thing is, I'm my own boss, so I don't have anyone, you know, telling me what to do, when to do it, blah, 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 blah. I can make those decisions myself, and that's why I love... It's not like I've got a boss, like, telling me what content I need to make and giving me a script, pretty much every brand I've worked with, I have been able to use my own voice and do my own content. Um, Your organic words towards it. Yeah, there's yeah. never been anyone who's like gone... Set, like, um, there might be points they want me to cover, but they're like, yeah. use your own words. Yeah. And I love yeah. that. So, unless, And that's what brands should do personally yeah. because they want, they want it to look natural. They want it to look organic from the talent. And yeah. if they're making them read from a script, it's not going to look natural at all. Yeah. Obviously, I get that there should be, like, um, features and pinpoints, like you said, to talk about. But, it, it like, I know. If I'm if I'm scrolling through my story and someone is promoting a product and I'm like, oh, my goodness, they do not actually use this. The way that they're using it, how it's set, like, they take a photo and it's right next to their face and just how it's set out, I'm like, I don't trust this. Yeah. You know, like, it all comes down to how they're promoting that product. So, definitely, if you are wanting to start, you know, promoting products, I would... Take be mindful of is this product in line with your brand? Yeah, because absolutely. as your followers, as your audience, they have you know they need that trust. But also, I feel like people are so switched on these days that you can tell when someone isn't being authentic. And one of my things that I really can't stand is when uh, influencers will go on their stories promoting a product and then they harp on and on and on. Like, you guys know, I would never recommend a product that I didn't truly love, and I love this, I love this so much, and I'm like. We get it, babe. Like, we yeah. know, like, the more that you say that, the more I don't believe you, exactly. if I'm honest. Exactly. There's a reason because, why you're pushing it. Because if you, if your audience really trusts you, you mm. won't need to give that disclaimer, mm. doll. Like, they trust you because they trust you or they don't. Yeah. And so if you've got to sit there and be like, I would never promote a product I didn't use, which is true for all of us. Like, it, it's true for all of us. We're all like, yeah, sure. And let me tell you, I keep it freaking real. I don't yeah. know if we can swear on this podcast. Yeah, 100%. Right. Well, I'm going to say it. I keep it fucking real. <laughs> and I have never in my life promoted a product oh, that I have not liked. Yeah. Or used. Because yeah. I haven't needed to, yeah. though. Because yeah. guess what? When I get an email from a brand that I don't like the look of or I've used their product and I don't like it or I have no interest in, it doesn't matter how much money they're giving me, I look at that and go... Because the also, I want to make it clear to people who yeah. this isn't their job. It's this is not how an email works. This is not how a brand email works. Hi, we are this brand. We have this product. We will pay you this much money. Yeah, that's yeah. not how it works. It starts with, hey, we are this brand, and we would love to collaborate with you. That's it. So there's no money involved. Then we've got to talk back and forth, and we've got to come to an agreement on money yeah. or the posting. Blah blah blah. If your brand messages me and I don't like your product, yes. I don't know how much yeah. you're going to pay me anyway. So I'm not bothering replying to you because I can't, I don't want to. Like, 100%, I'm not going to. 100%. I'm the me? same. You'll look at their website first. You'll be like, do I like this? Would I use this? I'll test it out. If I don't like it, nah. See, yeah. if I, but if I don't even, like, I won't even get to test it out if I don't like it in no. the first place. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So, so it, it makes me, it makes it really hard for me to think about, I guess, other people and how they may, you know, I just can't comprehend how someone would promote a product that they didn't like because 
I, I don't know. I just don't see someone doing. I'm sure it's happened many oh, it times. Happens, Absolutely, yeah. I'm not saying that. You say it, but I think <laughs> it, I think it happens less than people think it does. I think yeah. people go, oh, influencers just promote anything for any amount of money. And it's like, we actually don't. And yeah. I would probably say, I say no to probably 60 to 70% of the brands that contact me just because can't be bothered and don't want to. And I'll be honest with you, I could probably be making three times as much money as I am now mm. if I took those brands mm. on. But I don't give them the time of day because I can't be bothered. So That would be quick money as well. It's not really long-lasting. And your fundamental with your platform should be the trust of your audience. And if you're constantly promoting all these other brands that are going to clash with your own brand, you're losing the trust of your audience. And that's the yeah. fundamental of your career. So, yes, it's quick money, but it's not long-lasting money. And that's where a lot of people do actually go wrong. Yeah. If they're focusing, they're wanting that quick money. Yeah. And if you're, if you're wanting the quick money, the quick followers, and you're going to do these videos that are just, you know, clickbait, it's not going to actually become a full-time career. So you do need to, like, obviously people become big from clickbait videos, but that doesn't help them in the long run. No. They're not able to actually make a full-time career from it. So the fundamentals of your platform, your online biz, you should be focusing on what you're going to provide, like I said before. So um, with social media, as an influencer, we get a lot of hate. Yeah. We get hate, we get trolls. So... This is actually a question that I get so many people asking me. And I wanted to ask you, how do you deal with trolls? Well, for me, it's been, I guess, somewhat easier than other people because of who I am. I had to deal with hate and real life trolls my whole life through school. And just in real life growing up, you know, finding my identity, finding who I was, you know, coming out, all of that. And... I had to deal with face-to-face, -face, both just verbal, but also physical assault as well. And, you know, going to... Like in high school? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, got bashed in high school, like got bashed at parties, no, you know, yeah. just for being who I was. Yeah. And I never went, like, out of my way to cause trouble. I never stood up for myself and was like, well, I'm gay and you can't... There was none of that back then. Now, I feel like people are standing up for themselves more. But back then, like, I just had to shut up. And if you wanted to punch me, like, it happened because that was just, like what I thought was okay back then. So I've had to deal with that in real life. So when someone calls me, you know, a fag online, it's like, well, what else can you come up with? Don't yeah. do something a bit Is more creative. Because I've had to deal with that for so many years and so much worse than that, yeah. that I feel like in a sense, I know it sounds weird, but I feel like I'm a little bit lucky because I've, I've had that backbone already mm -hmm. built. And then I've come online. I, I can see how it can be harder for younger people um, and other people who aren't on social media or haven't dealt with that on, in real life. Because if I know that a lot of people deal with bullying throughout their life, but I feel like, you know, the gay kids get it the worst. So even if you were bullied in high school, I think it is such a big shift for you to go onto social media and get the nasty comments from strangers because you're like, how do I deal with this? Whereas for me, I'm like, I've already, you dealt know, with kind of dealt with that yeah. throughout my whole life. And I have this saying that I've kept throughout my social media and it's reflect the haters, put your shades on, reflect the haters. Because for me, I took all these words and all these nasty comments and I created, at first, created a series on my YouTube channel, which was called Reflect the Haters, where I read out people's hate comments and I just made fun of the comments and I sort of gave back a little bit and, you know, just had a bit of fun with that. But then... 
throughout my career, if you look at my Instagram, you will see it's very glittery, very glamorous, very, you know, I wear a lot of very shiny outfits, lots of sparkles, I lots love of sequins. It so much. I'm like, you're so extra you know, and I yeah. need it in my life. And that is a whole part of my Reflect the Haters brand. Yeah. I want to be so shiny and sparkly and confident in myself that no one feels the need to say, because, you know, drag is a big part of that as well. If you look, if you look polished and you look amazing and yeah. gorgeous and beautiful and put together, people aren't going to say those things to you because it almost intimidates them because you are so confident in yourself. Like you look like you're happy. How can I put that down? Do you know what I mean? How can I say that you're not yeah. happy when you are, like clearly are? Even the nastiest people will get intimidated by confidence like that. Mm. And that is what I have sort of strived to do is just go, I freaking love myself. And I think there's nothing wrong in saying that. There's a difference between, I guess, confidence and cockiness. Yeah. You know, you can walk into a room and say, I'm a boss ass bitch. Or you can walk into a room and say, I'm a boss ass bitch and I'm better than all of you. There's yeah. a difference. So yeah. confidence Being superior is, isn't a form of confidence. That's absolutely. Just so confidence is behavior. Yeah. Confidence is walking into that room going, I'm a boss ass bitch, but everyone else here is also a boss and boss ass bitch in their own way. Yeah. You know, it's it's realizing that and I think that once you exert that confidence, it just throws people off. Yeah. They go, Oh, like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like subconsciously they look at me and go, oh, wow, he's really comfortable in his own skin and how he looks. And he is, you know, they would never say that out loud, but it makes them sort of go, oh, I won't bother with the hate. Yeah. And no matter what, if you're getting places in life, you are going to get hate because it can be super confronting for people where they have like, you know, just a, just a normal life and they're seeing others doing better than them. It can be so confronting on the receiving end. So... If you're going to let haters stop you from your online career or doing something different, then that's on you because no matter what, there is going to be haters. There's going to be people who are going to say that you can't do it. There's going to be people telling you you're going to fail. And you know what? Failure is a part of the progress. Failure is a part of, you know, starting your online business and doing something different. I have failed so many times and I haven't let that stop me. So, don't go into this afraid of hate and afraid of failure because they're things that are just inevitable when it comes to starting your online biz. I think it's good to think about that too and really just make it clear that if you want to start an online business or you want to start YouTube videos, I've had so many people uh, message me over my time and say, I want to make YouTube videos, but I'm scared about what people at school will say. I'm scared about what haters will say. I'm scared about the online hate, the trolls, the bullying, you know, And I think to myself, if you really love something as much as you think you do, do you worry about those things? Mm. You know, when we were in high school and stuff like that, I, I always ran the cross country and I was always a big boy and, you know, every other boy was like really athletic and I loved running though. Like I loved cross country. So people would laugh and stuff because there's a fat boy running in cross country, but I never even thought about that until like after the race was run because then that's when I saw them because I was having so much fun in the moment. So for me, if you're not having fun doing the YouTube videos in the first place, then you're probably going to struggle with that hate a lot more. And that's something you need to weigh up first is how much do I really want to do this? Because no one's going to do something 
if all they're going to think about is the criticism. Exactly. Or the so, other people or the, comp- the competitors. Yeah, well. absolutely. So for me, I'm like, if you're really that worried about all of that hate, should you be doing YouTube videos exactly. is what I would say. I would. I used to be very honest and transparent with people. I used to say, if that's how you feel, maybe YouTube videos aren't for you. Yeah. I, was, I just would be like, I'm going to be honest because... I'm like, you either want to do it and you don't care what people think and go for it. And you're just like, I love doing this, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. Or you are like, oh, I'm nervous because I don't want to. And I think if I'm being really, we get it. We keep it real here. We've got to keep it real here. If you haven't even started YouTube videos and you're worried about haters, honey, you're not going to stand a chance online. Yeah. And that's just the real tea right there. Exactly. And. The thing is, just because it's the trend right now doesn't mean it's the thing for you. So that's another question you need to ask yourself. Is this something that you really want to do? And there is so many platforms that you can use when starting your online biz. Like I said, there's um, you could become a blogger, website, YouTube. But you've got to ask yourself, is this what I want to do? You have to be okay with stepping outside your comfort zone, doing awkward things. You know, I am, I'm, I'm blessed in a sense of I have never really cared what others think of me. Since a young age, I was always doing rebellious things. I was a bit random. You know, I'd always just walk through the shopping center with no shoes. I would take selfies in random places. So I was actually okay to pick up a vlogging camera and vlog in the middle of Westfield or the middle of the food shop. I've always been okay to do that. So that is something that I have been blessed with, hence why I was able to make a YouTube channel and start recording myself without actually thinking twice. So that is something I would, you know, a tip that I would, Um, put out there is to be able to just be yourself and not worry about what other people think and you do you kind of have to fake it till you make it because sometimes you're naturally not going to be someone who can do that who can pick up a camera who can speak in front of an audience but the only way that you can get to that point is just by action so for me luckily I didn't have to fake it till I make it because I naturally was able to do that but I know if I was at a point where I couldn't do it through action, it becomes easier and easier and easier. So that is something that has always helped me because I don't struggle when it comes to confidence, but I definitely do struggle in other areas. And I have known ever since I just make action and I just do, I put myself in that position and I do, it does get easier. So I want to ask you a question. What are three things that as you know, all content content creators go through that we don't really talk about. What do you reckon they are? Um, I think that first and foremost, the first one that comes to mind is like being too harsh on ourselves. Like being, we are our hardest critics. Harshest it's crazy. Critics. Every every content creator, YouTuber, Instagram yeah. that I've met, they don't really care about what other people think because they're their hardest critics. They're yeah. constantly so hard on themselves. So. I think that there's one thing that happens to all of us is we will make a piece of content and we will just think it's so crap and like really get down. Yeah. Really get down on ourselves and go, Oh my God, this is awful. Blah, 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 blah. That's something that happens to me all the time is I'm just like, this isn't going to work. Or I think of an idea and then a week later I look at it and I go, no, that's not a good idea. Do you know what I mean? So I think that there's always a bit of self doubt. Like that's one thing that we definitely deal with is self doubt. Mm. Um, another one is like producing something amazing, like amazing, what we think at least is amazing. And then it flops. Yeah. That's happened to me so many times. And I'm like, wait, what? I thought this was amazing. I thought I was going to get famous. Yeah. So like there's been times where I've gone, wow, people are going to love this. (laughs) Isn't it the shittest? And then, uh, 
Yeah, it just I think works. that can come down to your perspective on things, you know, like we all see things differently, we all have our own perspective on something and in your mind from your past self or just from um, similar situations you've been in, you see this this project you've been working on as a piece of art but others don't because of their perspective. Yeah. So it's also like not relying on others for that but it is important to realise what other people are enjoying and what they like because, again, that is going to help your career. So really it's just about balancing things that you enjoy creating but also continuously make things that your audience enjoy. So be able to mesh the two together because if – you are wanting to create an online business. Obviously, growth is a part of that, and your audience are just as important. So you do need to be producing content that they're liking. So you have to kind of mesh the two together. Yeah. In some sense, we had to. We had to like um, stop this because um, all right, hey, was having a bit of a cough. I know. Thing. I think it's from talking and, too much. I'm just like, uh-huh. and I was just telling him how, as a YouTuber and getting on with your stories, you get so sick of your voice. Yeah. I, like, when I have to edit a video, when it's, like, a sit-down and a chat or a clothing haul, because all of this is me talking to myself the yeah. whole time and literally responding. So, it's, like, I'm asking myself questions, responding, and then talking. Like, isn't it weird that, like, you literally have, like, 45 minutes of just you talking and talking to yourself and responding, and it's an actual thing. Literally. Like, we've made a career out of it. Literally. Yeah, and I was just saying how, like, when you're editing – you get completely so sick of your voice. And if I'm editing someone else as well, for example, if I have, like, my housemate or something, um, I don't have a housemate at the moment, but I have Irma, and just say she has been in the video and I haven't seen her for a few days, I feel as though I have spent so much time with her, so when I see her, I don't really miss her. Because <laughs> I'm like, girl, I've been editing you for the past three days. I love that. I'm kind of over you. All right, we've got to get back to the three things. The yep, third so your thing. last, yep. So my last one would probably be that uh, – I think, what was the question again? What people go through, what yeah, we all so go through. What, what three things, three things that content creators go through that we don't really talk about. Right. So the first two we've covered. The third one I feel would be being underestimated or underappreciated. And what I mean by that is like people just being like, oh, being an influencer is so easy. And in reality, like we work freaking hard, you know, I was talking about this on my friend's podcast, Brittany Saunders, the other day, I was on her, her podcast, so hi to everyone listening, if you're over from my page, or you listen to that podcast as well, but um, I basically said, you know, people forget that we are such a well-oiled, one-person machine, and you know, yes, we have our assistants, or our managers, or, you know, people like that working with us, but... At the end of the day, it's all on us. Yeah, so where the CEO and the product is like how mm. I like to put it. I got that off uh, Osher Glinsberg. Um, and especially he, when you're first starting up, you've got to be the CEO, you've got to be yeah, the producer, you've yeah, got to be the editor, you've yeah. got to be it all, and you have to be okay with that because yeah. now for like my C team, I do have a few people on board, but for the past five years, it hasn't been like that. No. It's just been me. So you've got to be okay to do that. Be yeah. a little hustler. You've got to hustle at the start. Absolutely. So I think that's one thing that people uh, forget and that's something that we don't really talk about is all you see is us, but there is a big team often behind us, yes. uh, even though we're calling most of the shots. Mm. And it's not going to start out like that. I did want to put it out there. You're not going to have a huge team at the start, so you do have to be okay with doing it all on your own and you will have to learn, but don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, there's definitely management companies out there. There's people um, on social media who are looking for, you know, jobs or people to connect with or whatever. So if you 
are getting into this and you do want to ask for help, don't be afraid for that because I definitely did that at my first stages. I would message other Instagrammers or other people have websites and I'd be like, cool, how did you do this? I really like this. So communicating with people who are on the same page as you, that is something that I would recommend. But you're not going to have a full team at the start. I definitely didn't. It took me four to five years until I could afford a team kind of thing. And when I first asked for help, that was actually uh, huge for me because I'm someone who I don't actually like to take my power yeah, away. Yeah. I'm a bit of a control freak. So to get a videographer or a photographer or someone to even do my emails, that that caused me a lot of anxiety because I didn't – I don't know what it is. I think it does come down to me being a bit controlling um, something I probably will never give away is my editing. I am my own editor yeah, for same. all my videos. Yeah. Um, it's something that I generally enjoy doing. So when it comes to my designing and editing, that is what really motivates me because I love it. Like anything to do with aesthetics, it really I enjoy doing that. So that's something a part of my career I enjoy doing. Although I would be able to produce double the amount of content because editing takes up so much time, guys, like so much time. I would be able to produce double the amount, but it's something that I enjoy doing and it keeps me motivated. So finding things that keep you motivated to continue is so important. So my next question that I want to cover, so my next question that I want to cover and talk about is your biggest fails when starting social media or when starting your online business or when just first starting hustling. What were your biggest fails? Oh, tax. Oh, oh my uh, god! Like, Don't I've I... got a story time after this. No, stop. Seriously, <laughs> uh, tax is like the biggest one. I think that for me, it just didn't click that I had to. It goes back to like being your own boss CEO, but you are your own accountant as well. And I did not realize that. So because when you own your own um, business, guys, you have to actually go out of your way to pay a lump sum of tax. Yeah, it doesn't so, come out. Yeah, it doesn't just come out like it does with a normal right. job. We get the lump sum and then we have to like do the tax. And for me, it was so hard to like go back. So I wish my number one advice would be like stay on top of everything you earn from the get-go. So a uh, funny story for you, I only um, first started paying tax three months ago. You're joking. I've owned my own crew for five years, guys. I didn't. I, I don't understand this stuff. I don't. Yeah, I didn't get it either. So, so I am all up to date now. Yeah. But I didn't, and I wow, got a big bill. That was scary. Yeah. That was a lot. Because it would have been the last five years. Last five years. Yeah. 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 And I, I had no idea about it, and it was just a kerfuffle. So I had, I hired someone who came on board and really helped me. It took us six months to go through all my accounts. I'm someone who I'm, I'm actually. That's a um, huge weakness of mine is money and just being really silly and, you know, getting heaps of credit cards, going to finance. And basically I had money coming out everywhere. Yeah. Uh, everywhere. It was ridiculous. So I finally, like, cleaned that up and I instantly feel fresher, like, just looking at my accounts and knowing everything. And now I'm, I'm almost like a stingy bastard and I love it. I haven't bought myself, like, a coffee out in, like, six days. How really? was that? Wow, six days. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, but I can't remember the last time I bought myself a coffee. Really? No, I make mine at home now. So do I to say, because I actually did the maths. I got my little whiteboard and I did the maths, me trying to grow in this area, and I was like, wow, if I actually stop buying coffee every single day, that's, I save like $60. Yeah. 
Because oh, I buy yeah. like two copies a day. Yeah. But I was like, oh my goodness. See, through like being your own um, boss and owning your own business, you start to have to be aware of your weaknesses because yeah. they can be huge downfalls on your business and on your growth, 100%. And um, do you have any other fails? Not really. Do you have any? Oh, um, so mine would be definitely the money situation. Um, another would be... I just think it's a big important one that we don't think about because oh, we just exactly. go, oh, like we got a couple yeah. hundred dollars here and a couple hundred dollars here. Yeah. And then it starts being like, oh, got a couple thousand here, got a couple thousand here. And then before you know it, you've made quite a bit of money and yeah. you haven't paid any tax on it, which means you've got to pay quite a bit of tax. Yeah. So it, I, that's one thing that I really would, if I could go back in time, I would keep every freaking receipt and I would keep every freaking invoice oh, yeah. and every, you know, and now it's all fine. I've sorted it all out, but I'm like, oh my god! You look at how much of an idiot you were back in the yeah. yeah, that is yeah. me because, wow. Oh. But yeah. do you have any fails that were like actually to do with the social media aspect? Because mm-hmm. I can't really think of any. My fails would be, um, I think there were certain times through my social media where I seen all these successful people, so I tried to replicate all their content. Yeah. I went through stages with that where I was like, oh my God, like these people are doing so well. And when it comes to social media and, you know, being being yourself is the best way to be, basically, yeah. because you need to be different. You need to find what makes you, you, and why people are going to go to you compared to other websites or other YouTubers kind of thing. So that was definitely a huge fail through my social media. There would be, there was a few different Instagrammers who I tried to replicate, I tried to be them. We were all very, very similar, so that's why I was able to do that. But I would kind of – I wasn't able to be myself because I put my attitude and my behaviour down because it wasn't like theirs. Yeah. So I'd be like, oh, my God, they're such professionals at creating videos and I'm a bit quirky and I'm a, like, I'm a bit too loud. So I'd put myself down and I kind of went through a stage where – I wouldn't be my funny self. I wouldn't be loud. I wouldn't be quirky because all these other people I was trying to be, they weren't like that. So one of my biggest fails was stop trying to replicate other people and focus on being yourself. Yes, have inspirations because they help you create motivation, but still be true to yourself and find what makes you you and what's going to make your platform and your website and your biz different from others. Yeah. And also something I did want to add is don't be a perfectionist. So I do like to produce perfect content, but I don't allow my perfection behavior to become a procrastinating thing. So I find a lot of people when they're perfecting, like when they're being a perfectionist, they don't actually produce anything from that because they're like, oh no, this isn't good enough. So I'm not actually saying don't be a perfectionist because I'm a perfectionist and it has worked for my business. I just, I'm not a procrastinator. So I will make sure I produce the perfect content and if it's not perfect, I will work really, really hard until it is. A lot of people, they are perfectionists, but then they put themselves down and they just don't do anything. So yeah, I'm not saying don't adapt um, a perfectionist attitude. I'm saying make sure that you actually get stuff done and not criticize yourself because it's not perfect. And I'm just going to put it out there. Your content, what you're going to produce, isn't going to be the best at the start. You know, my videos at the start were that awful. The sound quality is ridiculous. 
it was half of it was filmed in low lighting. Yeah. Oh, it was just, I don't watch them. Actually, I've had to put a lot of them on private because I literally cringe at the thought. I've of done it. the same thing. I literally went back and I put so many on private because I was like, this is not my brand now. This is not who I am. <laughs> and I'm so much more. Than this. Are, I just look at them and I go, oh my god, I'm not even wearing mascara in yeah, this. I'm doing a smoky eye with no mascara. Yeah, like, yeah. what's going on? There are so many times where you'll go back. So. Every, but that's the beauty of it as well is every time we put out a piece of content it sort of has to be better than the last yes there are often times where I go oh you know this isn't perfect but unlike you I'm not a perfe- not a perfectionist I am in a sense but I'm also like if it's good enough it's good enough yeah. Do you know what I mean mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be perfect I try and get it as perfect as possible but at the end of the day it's like I was saying before some of the things that you think are going to do really well they don't do well at all. And some of the things that you don't think will do well, do pretty well. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's one of my biggest videos on Facebook that was almost pretty much my first one to go viral on Facebook was just me walking through Aldi, just, you know, commentating oh, through Aldi. And wow. I, I... I watched that like 12 times on repeat. <laughs> and I was just like, this is not a perfect piece of content. What is that video if they want to find it? Uh... Oh, I think it's just called my, it's called my first and last time at Aldi. Yeah, it's so It's a couple years old. It's so true. I died. I recently did another one with Nova and that just goes to show the difference because the first one was just on my iPhone. I'm in my gym clothes and I'm just like saying whatever comes to mind. And then, you know, the one with Nova was actually scripted. And when I say scripted, I mean, I came up with the script, um, but we knew what we were going to say before we walked in anyway. And then a, a bit of it was improv as well. Um, but now we've made that higher piece of content and looking back at that first piece of content, it's it's pretty much like a very similar concept, same sort of video. Um, the difference is the quality. You know, I had a lapel mic on. We had a whole camera crew. We yeah. shut down the album to do it, you know, blah, blah. So, so it's, it's cool that that journey happens, but that is not what's going to happen straight away. That has taken me almost five years to get to to get the sign on the door of Audi saying filming in progress. Mm -hmm. We've got the Nova team. We've got a whole team of camera, microphone on me. We've got producers, you know, blah, 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 blah. Honey, it took that real crappy piece of content to get me where I am today. So you have to just enjoy the ride, the whole journey. The only way that you can learn and be better as well is through your fuck-ups. And through the shitty content, you know, like, I would watch the content, you know, I'd be editing, I'd be like, oh, I should have done this, and yeah. I wish I did this, and oh, next time I actually film like this. So something, you know, just a simple one would be to hold my camera more steady, so I'd be editing my videos, and I'd realise, oh, okay, I there's no stabilisation, it's all over the shop, and then next time I would make sure that that is my goal, is to hold the camera more steady, and the only way I'd be able to learn and get better is through my, my fuck-ups and actually making the action, so not allowing um, that mindset of, oh, it has to be perfect to stop me because you only learn through your action and through doing, and you will get better, but the only way you can get better is just by starting. So yeah. a lot of you listeners here, what you're mainly struggling with is starting, and don't complicate it. Don't overanalyze it. Make action. Just start. Do something now, whether it is making that Instagram account for your business, making them logos, journaling something. Just do something now that is going to put your foot in the door. So with my with my podcast, even I've been wanting to do this. I've been wanting to create a podcast um, since last year, and 
as soon as I wanted to do it, what I did was I bought a microphone and I recorded my first podcast, knowing that I actually wouldn't be able to record my next podcast till next year. I was I was that busy, I was that flat out, and in my studio as well that I was um, living in, it was horrible, horrible um, audio. So I knew that recording this, my first episode, I couldn't actually record until I was in my new apartment, and it would be a long time till my second one. But I still wanted to get my foot in the door. So I wasn't really aiming on um, consistency with that podcast, with this podcast at the start. I was more so just wanting to get my foot in the door, knowing that when I could, I can then focus on consistency. But for me, my goal was just to start. And yeah. that's something that it's always I've always been quite good at, is as soon as I want to do something, I'll just start. And then from there on, you can think later. So do now, think later. That is something I live by. Yeah, right. I think also one of the best pieces of advice that I like to give people is that this career, and this can be applied to so many things, but for social media especially, it is all trial and error. You have to try, and if it doesn't work, don't do it again. And if it works, do more of it. And do, because that's what I've really found is like I have, you know, I now have a structure in my social media and my videos that I know the rotation of types of videos that I will do. So, for example, to let you in on a little bit of insight, and I've never really shared this with anyone, but... You heard it here first, Yeah. Us. With Facebook, for example, I know that people really love in-the-moment videos, so me walking through the Aldi, walking through Costco, walking through Kmart, documenting that. They really like character videos, so me in, like, my orange wig of Sandra doing... Uh, typical like relatable shareable videos like things people say in drive through or things people say here uh, and they also really like topical things like if a new uh if a new product comes out and it's like a hype product that's getting really viral if i try it out on my facebook then uh they love that but i know that those three things work and people love them and people tag their friends and people share them but i can't do five shit people say videos in a row because people get sick of it. Yeah. So I've tried a bunch of other content on Facebook, a bunch of other videos that haven't gone well. I'll never put them out, put videos like that out again. I won't try and beat a dead, what's that saying? Like beat a dead horse, like whatever I it is. I wish I knew. I'm saying. the worst saying. I don't know what you mean, sorry. But like I won't try and go, oh, that didn't work. Well, let's try and let's make try that better, better yeah. next. No, it's not. If it doesn't work the first time, don't bother putting in the time and energy. Find other things that are totally different. And when one hits and one works, use that to your advantage and really start to make very similar down the same Mm -hmm. sort of route because, like, that's what people clearly want from you. So make it. Because I've made that mistake of going, oh, well, I'll have a look at who this person, this person, this person are making content. Like, let me go and, like, have a look at what they're doing, what's successful for them. And then I've tried doing that and it hasn't worked. Mm. And so it's really important to just find what works and then that's your niche and, yeah. like, really go for it with that niche and what do they want. Yeah. So, like, to put it into perspective, guys, like, maybe start taking note on the times when you post or taking note on what people are interacting in more. So whether it is, like, for example, I know that – the photos that I produce, if I'm in them, they're going to actually go 95% better than my other content. Yeah. So I was able to trial and error that. So trial and error is so important. Take note of that. Be mindful of that. Actually plan 
to um, post these certain contents to become aware of what is working, the engagement's like, what the timing's like. So that is definitely something that I would recommend as well is to take note of um, your trial and error and what is going to work for you and what your end goal is going to be. But um, I feel like we have covered all the questions. Literally, we've been here for a while. I know, I'm a bit hot, a bit sweaty, a bit dehydrated. It's <laughs> lovely. So where can everyone find you? So you can search me anywhere on the internet. I'm alright, hey, um, at alright, hey on Instagram. Search alright, hey on Facebook. They're Wait, my two we, men. Where did alright, hey come from? Oh, real quick, basically in high Just school. A quick one. Uh, in high school, I accidentally said "all right, hey" at the start of a speech. Like, uh, yeah, one of my most Amazing. important speeches. I accidentally said "all right, hey" instead of like "good morning, ladies and gentlemen." So, You're like, all right, hey. Well, what happened was like my palm cards mixed up, and I was just like, "Oh, all right, hey." So today I'm going to talk to you, and yeah. you know, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, you started the most important speech of your life with all right, hey." Like that's so. Like what, Did it work? You know. had that speech go. So the speech was fine. I got like good marks. It was fine. Oh, um, and but what it became was like in the playground, people were coming and like, oh, all right, hey, all right, oh, hey, all right. Crazy. It, it became like a running joke, yeah. and, and not that I ever felt bullied by it, but I was definitely like, it was something that people were like snarky about. And so when I started, just owned it. Yeah, when I started my YouTube channel, I was like, how can I start my videos? I feel like that's a big thing for people starting YouTube yeah. videos is. How do I start? Like, hey, welcome back to my channel. Is very, you know, a lot of people say that now, but like, people always want like their I love that brand. You have a niche now. Yeah, your like, niche is all right. Hey, yeah, you start your like people like. I wish I had that. I don't know. People like want uh, something they know is going to happen right at the start. Like a lot of big YouTubers have a very signature way of starting yeah. there. Because then they can be like, oh my yeah. god, that's you, and they can like, you know, yeah. relate to that and they remember. So I decided to make mine all right. Hey, and then with branding, I just made everything all right. Hey. So, so, so you can find me anywhere as all right, hey. Beautiful. That that makes this super easy. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, my C-casters. Thanks for um, subscribing on Go Balance Co. I will see you guys in my next episode. Bye.